everybody. Welcome to Tapes, 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 a podcast about old movies from our childhood. Our? Who are we? Well, I'm Evan William Crockett, and this is my trusty co-also host. Yeah, I'm Josh. <laughs> hey, Josh. How's it going, buddy? Uh, you know, it's good. Just keep uh, drinking ha- plenty of water. Well, like I said, <laughs> we're best friends. We've been best friends since high school and beyond into the ether. We come together once a week for your pleasure to review an old movie from our childhood. At the end of this episode, that movie will receive a rating of either Be Kind and Rewind or Eject and Reject, denoting whether it's worth your time or whether it's simply a wreck. Ah! Ow! Do we want to tell the people why you were telling me to drink water? I had a kidney stone. Not wow, really. I wish I got that version of the story and not the X-rated version. Oh, but do you do you cool. want to spend five minutes on air for me telling you what that was like? No, no, because we did it off air, and I'm still like I'm doing that thing where you're I'm like sitting in the chair, but like my palms are like planted in in like the arms of the chair and my elbows are pointing up and like my shoulders are caving in and my my gum my my lips are like curling over my gums and my toes are all crinkle cuts fries (laughs) so i did something i haven't i've only done twice during uh uh like since march which was get a haircut oh and i got yeah i got a haircut today and my barber was talking about he's uh he's <laughs> I was like what he's asking me what have you been up to and he's and I asked what have you been up to and he's like well I've been growing shrimp. <laughs> what does that mean? What does that mean? <laughs> well, he's kind of a fucker because I can't really tell when he's joking <laughs> and when he's serious. And he was shrimp. he told me that he bought a. 25 gallon fish tank and then two five gallons and he's like breeding and growing different types of shrimp and i was then he was like yeah if you like popcorn shrimp that kind of shrimp which i think he was fucking with me about but then he was like yeah i want to get more fish and then the shrimp like clean the gunk josh we actually have a resident shrimp expert on the episode today everybody welcome to the podcast no a different one rory keen hey everyone it's great to be here (laughs) we're setting you up as a shrimp expert yeah that's yeah rory tell us why josh's barber is growing his own shrimp well it sounds like he's setting up some kind of aquaponic farm or perhaps he just wants good water quality for the other exotic species of fish uh you know legal or illegal uh who's to say we'll leave that for the (laughs) fish and wildlife service what's the legality because the the first thing i thought of was that episode of always sunny when charlie tries to get everybody to start becoming crab fisher like fisher oh yeah 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 we're gonna be crab people now it's like is this cheesy trying to make me a shrimp person (laughs) is this legal well thank you for for weighing in on the legality of shrimp in the midwest rory um and thank you for being on the podcast um do you want to you want to tell the fine folks do a little 30 second introduction of yourself how you know us how you're a friend of the podcast you can take a minute you could take oh. as many times as you want i'll cut out whatever i don't want <laughs> <laughs> you have the power this is a good point i've got the power 
I know Josh. Uh, we're colleagues, uh, former colleagues uh, at uh, a venue here in Chicago. Uh, so, you know, we really kind of uh, started to get to know each other through work and then discovered we had many overlapping interests in the world of uh, comedy and film and uh, video editing. And, you know, just being all around goofballs, uh, I feel like that was more or less in Josh's job description was, you know, go out there and, and just make people happy to be in the venue, get them familiar mm. with the space. And I was responsible for kind of dressing the venue and getting people through the door, uh, doing marketing and, and copywriting. So, you know, we collaborated oh, cool. a lot. Yeah. Uh, uh, managed the social media accounts, uh, had a few laughs, you know, it's a good time. Thank you. That's awesome. I'm glad that, that Josh, that you brought yet another amazing friend to the podcast. Rory, yeah. do you want to tell the fine folks what we watched this week for Tapes, Tapes, Tapes? This week, we watched the 1990 primary color explosion, Dick Tracy. <laughs> Nice. Is that what it's actually called? Is that like a unofficial subtitle? <laughs> the primary? No, no. That's just it. Just is I, that. Yeah. I, I invented a, a little bit of a slogan there, and you know, I, you just can't escape it. I, I don't know if we want to get into it right away, but I mean the the color scheme of this movie, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the set design, the production design, makeup, special effects. Uh, that's oh, yeah, really, well. you know, th- this is some fertile ground you know for us to plant seeds of film nostalgia and then grow those seeds into uh delicious pies of uh nostalgia boy uh good times so we're gonna have a good discussion here we're gonna get into it we're we're gonna break it down first time anybody's referred to a movie as being fertile and i'm down with it it's like it makes sense yeah if there was one that that would be it 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 would be this one josh do you want to you want to hit them with a synopsis of 1990s dick tracy uh okay i think i like this one this one's from uh j dash (laughs) 26 thank you uh it sounds like a robot all right uh what? This makes no sense. All Tess... Oh, okay. All Tess Trueheart wants is to settle down to a quiet life with her boyfriend, Detective Dick Tracy. But there's something pretty rotten going on in town with someone pretty rotten behind it. And Tracy <laughs> has his hands full with the likes of villain Big Boy Caprice and with the almost irresistible Breathless Mahoney. Yeah, I guess that's a good enough synopsis, right? It's a it's a detective movie. It's based on um, on a comic series of the same name. Uh, this movie is like star studded. Uh, I mean, we've got directed and produced and starring old Hollywood's Warren Beatty. Um, we've got Al. It's Pac- like every old person. Yeah, this movie really is like a who's who. We've got Al Pacino, we've got Madonna, we've got Van Dyke, we've got um, enemy of the podcast Charlie Corsmo, the kid from Hook, is in this enemy? movie. Enemy? Yeah. Why is he an enemy? Corsmo. 
Corsmo. Corsmo. Yeah, Charlie Corsmo. Remember, he became like a he became like a, a prominent conservative lawyer later in life. Oh God, I forgot about. And that, that. was like totally contrary to what happened in Hook because his dad was a lawyer and he hated how much he worked. Anyway, thank you for reminding me the things that we do. Wow. <laughs> You're very welcome. I listen to the podcast as well. Um, so Rory, the, you chose this movie this week. Uh, what what was your what was your childhood relation to this film? Yeah, Why'd I did. I did pick this one. Uh, it was it was kind of a reflex, you know. I'm thinking uh, of the mode where this podcast usually delves is, you know, uh, films that were important uh, had a place in childhood. But this one, yeah, I wouldn't rank it up there as the most formative movie or even one of the earliest movies that I remember seeing and and having those you know uh images impressed in my mind but it does stand out very vividly and Mm -hmm. i think it stands out more in relation to that you know sort of first imprint that i alluded to which is batman 1989 and this movie just cannot escape the the legacy of 89 Batman. So I, I like, like to think can't of it. escape the soundtrack. It's Danny Elfman all over again. It's the same <laughs> yeah. fucking thing. Yeah. They Danny Elfman. A lot of the lot. sets are kind of similar. Like <laughs> there's definitely a lot of crossover. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I was viewing it in that context. Like if I had to pick the, you know, the sort of uh, Zeus on Mount Olympus of uh, childhood movie watching experiences, no question, Tim Burton, Batman. But mm. after that, you have this kind of curious, um, you know, uh, retort by Disney because, uh, you know, it, it's produced under the, the, the Touchstone um, label because it's a little bit more adult oriented. Uh, but it is a Disney production. And oh, you could tell that they were just. That. Yeah. It's you know, Disney? It's a Disney film. Uh, Weird. And you could tell that they were really trying to outdo Warner Brothers at their own game because, uh, you know, Batman just huh. arrived on the scene oh. and uh, just totally changed okay. the game. So my... That makes sense. Yeah, my earlier impressions of the film, I think, honestly, have more to do with how the film was marketed and sold to American households and, and, and people in the early 90s than anything from the movie because the plot is it's muddled and, you know, we already alluded to some of the continuity issues and yeah, overall, I, I'm, I couldn't quote any lines before mm. rewatching it just this past week. But uh, you never forget the set designs and the costumes and the prosthetics and the makeup that they have uh, most of the actors in. Why? How did? So did you pick and find this movie just because it was like kind of a piggyback off of Batman? Like, how did it land in your hands originally? Um, so I think maybe it, it had just popped up in uh, my watching queue. You know, like spending a lot more time at home uh, these. Oh no, I mean, like, as, a, as a kid, like how ah. did you, like how did how did this land in your lap? Yeah, um, you know, I, I think the marketing was so omnipresent. Like, there was not a single corner of the American landscape that you could go to in you know, spring or summer of 1990, whenever this was released, without just being bombarded with uh, Dick Tracy promotions. And, mm-hmm. you know, as uh, 
as a kid, I think I was definitely too young to see it in theaters and uh, didn't get the the big screen experience in that regard. But it had a life on home video and, you know, seeing the outline of Dick Tracy with the Tommy gun and the yellow fedora. It's like, oh, OK, I get this. Like, I can relate to this image. I don't know much about the character <laughs> or how do you relate to that image? I, w- I mean, it was in the papers every Sunday. You know, uh, Dick Tracy would be in the section of the paper that I cared most about, which was the funnies. Uh, So, you know, back when we we would have... I don't remember Dick Tracy comics. Yeah, I don't remember... I don't remember him being in it. I couldn't even tell you what it looks like. Yeah. Well, I I somehow knew about him, but yeah, I guess... I don't know. Maybe you're... uh, We're 32. How old are you, Rory? Yeah, I'm a couple years older than you guys, so I was... Okay. Uh, that's, we gotta, that's we gotta, probably we what gotta it is. bleep a donkey sound over his age, personal <laughs> information. I am an elder millennial, yes, it's true. Uh, so I was okay. about four when, when the film uh, hit theaters. So, you know, too young to be uh, taken to it um, as, you know, okay. a, a toddler or, you know, a, a yeah, very so young we must kid. Have, we must have just missed it, I guess. Because yeah, I don't I don't remember Dick Tracy being in the com I mean, my jam in the comics when I was a kid was like Calvin and Hobbes because Bill Watterson was still doing his thing. Um, Josh, do you do you uh do you, had you ever seen this movie before? <laughs> no. Uh, All right. Well, I, everybody. No, I'm <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Nope. No. Uh, I. I, I think it's funny that uh, Rory, you brought up the marketing of this movie because that's all I had for this movie, but it was never enough to get me to pick it up. Mm. And I think that largely had to do with my dad because around this time when this movie came out, like he was the driving force kind of behind what I was watching, especially new movies, because I don't think I really had a developed sense of like, what I wanted to watch aside from like cartoons, honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, Batman came out. I feel like it was around the same time. And I just remember being in Blockbuster or wherever we were and seeing this exactly what you talked about him in the yellow trench coat and the kind of very like, you know, block colors uh, and Dick Tracy and going, ooh, that looks cool, but, like, not trusting it to be a good movie, so I never picked it. But I remember walking oh. by it every single time and going, like, ooh, that looks cool. It was always, like, the second pick, but I always got, like, I always walked out with block, uh, Blockbuster. I never had the Macklin problem with the movie that, like, I wanted or, like, at least the second runner-up. This was always, like, the third or fourth runner-up, and I just never did it. Never, hmm. never visited it. I didn't even know it was, like... Uh, weird, creepy face masks. Thing. Yeah, I thought this was just gonna dude, be a movie. It's sad because if you had known that, like this, this, I'm surprised that your dad never touched it. Because yeah, this, it's is got like, big know. dad energy for sure. <laughs> big dad I, but energy. He never. Well, my, I don't know how many times we could talk about this, but he was a, a big horror movie buff, yeah. and we never got into like hard boiled detective stuff. Like that was never oh, his like okay. cup of tea. Like we never watched that type of stuff. We didn't watch like old, uh, like Dragnet. Yeah, we never oh, okay. did any of, that, any of that stuff. The closest we ever got was X Files, but literally just because there was sci fi. Yeah, sure. Yeah, that 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 does kind of turn it on its dick. Uh, this is this is a wake up moment for me here because I'm just remembering little factoid, and I'm not sure if Ooh. I committed huge Ooh. faux pas by asking us 
to watch this movie this week. Uh, I mean, there's actually a couple reasons why it's a questionable pick, but we'll get into that later. Uh, Josh, you're colorblind. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? <laughs> to tell you the truth, I was going to save this for later, but I was watching this thing on my TV screen, and like, I know it was like, you know, they really went through it, like all the stops with the scenic design, but I'm kind of looking at this going like, I'm not that impressed. <laughs> really? You th- uh, you think I your color blindness has affected uh, it? I mean, I mean, color blindness wouldn't my my color blindness wouldn't really affect like how I see like the set designs because I could tell like mm. when there's a lot of like color blocking and like you know the choices that they're yeah, making. Yeah, like deeply I mean, saturated really ju- moments. Yeah. I mean the the best example I can give of like how color my color blindness can like deter from my movie watching experience is the first time i saw sin city uh which is actually very sim you know kind of similar yeah yeah ballpark to this Mm -hmm. is there's a lot of color like usage in that movie and like lack of color and like the bad guy has i think it's it's like he's got yellow skin yeah yeah Mm -hmm. he's yellow yellow face or whatever i don't remember his name but well that yellow bastard yeah Yeah, that yellow bastard uh, I remember watching this for the first time and being with like a group of people and at three fourths of the way through the movie, I just went, so why is the guy green? Oh my God, yes. really? Doesn't really line up with the title. You're like, ah, I'm seeing oh a green guy God. here. He's not so That's yellow. So weird. <laughs> I just thought it was a nickname. But but it's like, it doesn't affect how I watch the movie or like the story. It just looks different. Oh, you know? so ugh, gross. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Uh, well, maybe this is a, we we don't thing. no no, I, no we I, don't need to shame anyone's rods and cones on this episode, Evan. We'll, we'll save that for. Uh, I have uh, been shaming Josh's rods since he was fifteen. He, it's okay. My cones can take it. Yeah, his cones can take it. His rods are a little. My rods are a little sore, <laughs> a little chapped. <laughs> um. All right, my friends. I think that that's that's it for now. I really want to talk about. Uh, experiencing this movie for the very first time but in order to do that we need to take a quick break we'll be right back with more tapes 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 after this hey y'all season three is here and we are extremely proud to now be sponsored by audible audible is the leading platform for audiobooks if you're listening to this podcast, we know you love having entertainment shoved into your ear holes. And Audible has a nearly endless catalog, including podcasts, theatrical performances, comedy, and Audible originals you won't hear anywhere else. Download Audible on the platform of your choice. Listen to titles on or offline. You can even listen on one device and resume listening on another device at the exact same spot. Want to listen to the audiobook of Matilda by Roald Dahl, featured on episode 36? Of course you do. Then visit audible.com slash tapes, tapes, tapes for a free trial. You'll be supporting the show and getting your nostalgia fix. Once again, that's audible.com slash tapes, tapes, tapes for your first free audiobook. Thanks, loyal listeners. All right, now let's get back to the show. Hey, welcome back. Hey, welcome back. Oh, spinning newspaper. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That was nice. That was Telling nice... us what we already know. We're back from a break. What? Are you serious? Are you seriously yeah. jibing me right now? 
What? Why not? Okay, I mean, well, all right, let's do it. Let's do it differently. Um, okay, well, now let's talk. <laughs> okay, you win. Mercy. No, no, no. Let's just let's just get into an organic conversation, Mister Mule. <laughs> no, it's a donkey sound. Donkey sound. Um. So, uh, so yeah. What, what, what was it like? Who, who wants to go first? Talk about what it was like to watch in twenty twenty. This movie's thirty. Ooh. Oh my god, that's who weird. Wants to do it. Who wants to go? First? Uh, I have some thoughts. Oh yeah, uh, oh. Rory. We well, hear let's those have thoughts. Evan go first, and then Josh, and then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Rory. Let's then... put a pin in that. Um, okay. Yeah. What do you? What? what yeah. Tell, tell us. Please, tell us what it was like to. What movie. was it like to revisit this? This flick. How long has it been since you've seen it? Oh, a good uh, 15, 20 years uh, since okay, cool. I, I last saw it. it but, you know, it, it, it has such staying power through, you know, the, the vibrant set designs and the heavily saturated color palette uh, and, you know, the simplicity that uh, certain scenes like, you know, the ending in, I think, the bridge house, you know, you got all those oversized gears and cogs i mean you love a standoff yeah. with oversized gears and cogs uh working oh, in the yeah. background who doesn't uh, um so yeah watching it again in 2020 uh first thing you notice despite all the brilliant primary colors uh throughout the film there really aren't any characters of color this movie is <laughs> white white <Whoa>. white <laughs> i mean that's very well put against uh. the uh, very well said. This movie is white, white, white. <laughs> yeah, so that's um, that's what stood out to me, white, definitely. White, white. And rewatching it, it was like, oh, okay. Yeah, this is definitely a product of its time. And, uh-huh. you know, in, in the, the kind of hero worship of police, uh, you know, Dick Tracy being, I, I think, a, yeah. a fairly two-dimensional yeah. character. I mean, in his origins as a, a comic strip. really no people of color in, like, can you guys think of like detective movies from back in the day? From back in the well, and also it's ba- I mean it, the the Dick Tracy comic is started in the 1930s, so yeah. there's yeah. no way there was going to be a black cop like in the comic strip. So and and this yeah. is not like I'm not defending. Oh, well, there weren't any white black people, and I'm just I'm like yeah, that is true. Like this is a very white product. <laughs> Yeah, it's like if if you're doing a little bit of work for uh, the IP and you know for the, the the legacy around the character Dick Tracy is it's definitely a product of its time, you know. So I could yeah. see saying that it's like uh, yeah, it's written for a particular audience, and yeah, at that time having uh, you know black superheroes, having you know even just a, a black uh, supporting character, not really the norm in in those kind of silver uh, or golden age comics uh no dick tracy was no it kind of did the thing that that we've seen in a lot of because at this point josh and i have reviewed so many of these movies it did the thing that a lot of 90s movies did which was like let's just have a kid like a white kid who's attached to the titular character so that then like kids that are watching it can uh, can imagine themselves with Mm -hmm. with the you know the main character yeah so he's, uh, yeah, he's kind of our audience proxy, right? The kid, and I don't, I don't even think they give him a name. Is he ever properly named? Well, in the he's, movie? yeah, his name is Kid, and then, and then eventually kid. he chooses his own name, Dick Tracy Jr. 
Ah, yes. Choosing another main character's name. That's just a great way to resolve stories. I don't know why they don't do it more often. That that kid is just like the typecast of 90s movies where it's like somebody, there's some male adult figure that like needs to be a father figure for this kid. Like Hook, they're like fighting over it. Right. In this movie, it's like, he's like, (laughs) <laughs> it's another like situation of like ah oh, i gotta be this kid's dad yeah charlie cosmo specializes in dadlessness <laughs> <laughs> that's why he became a conservative lawyer <laughs> what what else rory what, what else did you find while while watching it uh i thought uh, uh warren Beatty a little bit too old for the part uh, i mm. think we can all agree on that well, this, um, yeah I, I don't know dick tracy i, I don't this is first experience for me, so he wasn't too old for me because I don't know any better. Well, he was fifty three because he's he's eighty three now, so he was fifty three when this came out. Yeah, that's a little old for like a detective with with the love interest, especially Tess Trueheart. Um, but but what's asked of Dick Tracy and like the, is he just like running around and being a cop or is he like a super cop? Because it kind of seems like the script lent it to just him being like just a cop. That was like a little bit better at his job. Yeah, but he's but if you're 53, I don't know. That's a little old to be like. Really, you haven't settled down by now, and like, really, you're you're still kind of running around. Like, I don't but know. That's like the whole thing of being like a. De- it's like he's married to his job. Like I mean, he hasn't done it. I mean, I get it, but I'll. But I I don't know. I just I agree with with uh, with that you know comment that like. He's a little old when you consider who he's who he's courting. Yeah, because yes. how old is that lady? Like that lady's thirty at most. Glenn, uh, Glenn Headley. Yeah, Glenn Headley. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like Glenn when Tess Trueheart. Yeah, Tess Trueheart, and then also like Madonna. Is that was one thing that I noticed while watching this movie was like I turned to Mor- my Morgan. My wife is Morgan, um, Rory, and. Uh, <laughs> I just was like, you think Warren Beatty just really wanted to make out with Madonna? Like, he directed this movie. He produced it. Like, <laughs> he made this happen. Well, like, I think they they captured that. Uh, the transfer, I watched it on streaming, uh, HBO Max, and the, the transfer mm-hmm. is really good. Really good picture quality. Um, so it's, you know, definitely HD, and I'm not sure if this was something that, you know, uh, audiences in the movie theater would catch on that print, but... You know, when they smooch at the end, uh, there is like a noticeable a... string of spit. Dude, <laughs> I between. saw the string. <gasps> I couldn't believe I didn't. it. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. I'm like, oh, no, is that dude. just one of those happy accidents? You leave it in. It's like, guys, we got lightning in a bottle today. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, you could see the string. Oh, dude, that is so crazy that you saw that too. <laughs> Josh, what did, what did you think upon this watching? If we can kind of imagine uh, my experience with this movie is kind of a stock in the stock market. It's like it came in the the stock came in once it once it got on the market, you know, pretty good, pretty good. He kind of saw what the stock was, learned about the company. I'm like, okay, I'm on board. And then first 10, 15 minutes, the stock was going up. It was going up fast. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then, uh, then after that, it just like plummeted and it never recovered. Oh, wow. So you were feeling a, okay. very bullish when you saw the first on-screen appearance of a character called Littleface. Uh, am, am I right in my assumption? You see that 
guy with the tiny face and you're like we got ourselves a fucking movie here <laughs> well no that by that point so uh, that's kind of the part where the stock was going up i'm just gonna refer to this as a stock now yeah uh because i you know i didn't know going into this that it was going to be uh you know such weird kind of like kooky makeup for just the bad guys which right. Uh, right off the bat, I was like, I, I was like, wait, why is everybody normal that's good and everybody that's bad as a caricature? But I mean, that's its whole thing. But anyway, I saw all that and I was like, okay, I'm on board. This is like some fucking Guillermo del Toro stuff. Uh, <laughs> give it to me. And then it, I, I kind of lost interest in it pretty quick. Hmm. Uh, it, I, I honestly, I think. I think I'm getting a little fatigued on 90s movies in general. Oh. I'm sorry, Rory, because... Uh, well, <laughs> I'm glad I, well, we host I mean, a podcast about movies from this era, because that's very uh, sustainable. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I, it, it, well, look, I mean, I kind of got into it, so I'm like, okay, we're going to do this very male-centric, like, everybody's kind of hard-boiled and brass. I was just kind of like, oh, boy... Like I just had, I had trouble getting into it. I, I guess it's not so much a '90s fatigue as it was just kind of like. I well, don't know. it doesn't. I had a hard it doesn't t- sound like you really grew up with this kind of like this kind of content. Like you didn't. Sounds like you no. you don't really like watch detective shows. Like, have you ever gotten into anything like Law and Order or CSI or anything? No. Oh yeah. The the only th- honestly the only show that i've really gotten into that was kind of in the detective genre was luther and that like came out in like 2006 or something yeah. so that was way late in the game. yeah that is later on but it but it follows a similar it kind of follows a similar pattern but it is idris elba and he's just absolutely beautiful um well that well that's that's really interesting i mean my experience with with or our experience with watching this um was was a pretty positive one like we we didn't really morgan and i both felt like we didn't understand why the critics critical review um was so bad um but but we do agree that like it's not a deep story it doesn't make us feel anything um it's very two-dimensional which makes sense based on like the source material that that they're working from um but i you know i i liked um i liked how crazy al pacino was um and and honestly this movie really is i think i said it before but this movie really is like a who's who like you've got dustin hoffman in this movie you've got james Caan. You've got James Caan in this movie. You've got Dick Van Dyke. You've got like a random, really short cameo from Kathy Bates, who went on to be in Misery and won an Academy Award in the same year. Like, you've got Catherine O'Hara. You've got Paul Sorvino. You've got Mandy Patinkin. Like Mandy freaking Patinkin. Mandy freaking Patinkin as the pianist. Like... Holy crap! This like honestly, while we were watching this movie, we probably spent more time being like, "Wait a minute, is that?" And then like going to IMDb and being like, "Holy crap, that is them in this movie." Um, and we were all we were trying to figure out like how did they do it? And, and my guess is that like basically Warren Beatty just was like, "Hey, I'm cool. I'm old Hollywood. Do you all want to just be in this movie?" And everybody was like, "Fuck yeah, dude! You're Warren Beatty. We're gonna do it." Yeah, um, totally. So that was my that was my experience of of watching it. Is that I I overall enjoyed it. 
Um, but there were definitely, and, and there were definitely other movies that it, that have come out since this that I was kind of like, oh, okay. Like, this is either a better version of those or, like, I can see this laying the groundwork for for that. Um, like, I was reminded of The Mask. I, I don't know if, if Rory, you've ever watched that movie, but Josh, remember when we when we reviewed that movie? Yep. Did you yep. get a little bit of a lot that of with similar this? similar feelings. Yep. Yeah. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the sort of nameless city, you know, the, the vibrant color palette, uh, the, the whole kind of, yeah. like, 1930s uh, homage, so much so that it goes into pastiche territory yeah. <laughs> lots of latex on people's faces yeah absolutely um and whereas this one is a little bit more like i guess a more of a traditional action detective movie whereas the mask is obviously trying to be like a more like a cartoon like a wb cartoon or something there weren't a whole lot of moments that like stood out to me i i absolutely hate the end of the movie where we learn that no faces uh spoilers we learned that no faces madonna I like I just didn't understand that at all. I like but that's like isn't that the thing in like old hardball detectives it's it doesn't matter like who it is just as long as it's got like really big shock value. I guess so. Uh, yeah, just, you got to string them along to the end and keep them it's, guessing. It's but... like Scooby Doo, like and let's take the mask <laughs> off of it was Fred the whole time, what, Fred? like Fred pulling the mask off of another Fred, like Oh yeah. I don't know why that makes sense, but it's just surprising. Yeah, just it just I don't know, there just was something about it where I was like, why did they even I don't even know why they needed to show who No Face was. Like why why did, why couldn't they just let it let it be like something else? Um all right, friends, uh, unless there's anything else that we need to say about 1990s Dick Tracy, I think it's about time that we give this movie a rating. Are we ready? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, I'm good to go. All right. Josh, you're going to go first? I got to go first. All right. Oh, I thought you said you wanted to go first. No, but I'll go first. All right, Josh, do you give Dick Tracy from 1990 a be kind and rewind or an eject and reject, baby? I give this a hard pass. Do you mean you mean an eject and reject? <laughs> nope, hard pass. Hard for wow. hard, pass for pass. You're not even having fun uh, with this one, like. <laughs> I well, I don't know what it. I this movie rubbed me the wrong way for some reason. Huh. Maybe it was the colors. I don't think but, it was. Um, I don't think it was the colors. I but there was there was just something. I don't know. I really. Maybe it's just me watching movies in 2020, but I just don't really, I'm not enjoying watching like, it's because this is nostalgia, it's a nostalgia movie. It's a nostalgia movie for people that like Dick Tracy, that want to like relive that old like detective stuff. And that's probably why they did the movie. Like Warren Beatty was just like, hey guys, I've got a great idea for something that we all agree on. As like, a like fun something thing. that we used to like, yeah, yeah, and it's gonna be kooky. Like that's how we got all these fucking crazy people to do it. But when you take all that away, that it's like celebrities and it's like nostalgia. Mm-hmm. I think this movie's, it's, I think it's garbage. <laughs> wow. It's like, I don't think any of the characters are like particularly developed or interesting. It's all two dimensional. I mean, maybe this is just coming from somebody that doesn't do hard boiled detective stuff, but like. Mm. I thought Warren Beatty was a terrible cop. Mm. Like he had, he was like he was barely good at his own job. Like he's a kid. Wa- he's very fixated on this one nightclub. 
<laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah, is, is he specifically responsible for like nightclub uh, ownership? Is he, if he sees anything untoward in the deeds of these uh, nightclub leases, he's like, oh no, no, this this won't stand. We got to have a, a legal uh, transfer here. Rory, what do you, what do you think? You want to give it a be kind and rewind or an inject and reject? In the full view of time since this movie has come out, I think it's aged both brilliantly because it stands as a firm middle finger to the over-reliance on computer-generated effects mm. uh, and yeah, that's fair. and the set design and costuming. Everything's practical, looks great. Uh, you got the Danny Elfman score, which is just, you know, cranking and, and really setting the table for, you know, the reinvention of comic book heroes and pulp heroes on screen, you know, because uh, Alec Baldwin had a go after this, uh, bringing the shadow to the big screen uh, and they, they tried it again with another um, pulp hero from the 30s and the phantom so you know in, in that regard it has some staying power uh, you know and uh, kind of skyrocketed uh, madonna's uh, movie career and if i'm not mistaken this is like her first certified blockbuster uh, oh you know, is that right uh, kind of name above the credits uh movie huh. uh, e- even though it's 100% warren bd show uh oh this yeah, did but she League is... of Their Own come before this or after? Like, I think uh, it was. You know, it might be '89. I'm not sure about that. I don't know. The, yeah, this is the second Madonna movie that we've watched for the podcast, which is kind of crazy. I never thought that. Uh, I never thought I'd be saying that. Oh yeah, this is the second Madonna movie. Um, look out, Bruce Willis! <laughs> look out, Brucey's Willis! <laughs> I think the title holder is still Arnold, but. Uh, but yeah, uh, anyway. yeah, this is amazing. I think the podcast and you got Evan and Josh <laughs> and they're talking about me every week. It's amazing. <laughs> Thank well, that you. Was a good that one. was a really good one, actually. Um, so Kept that one. Uh, yeah. did, did you rate it? <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. I, I didn't. It didn't finish. So I, I, okay, there yeah. is a lot of stuff to uh, uh, give it distinction and it, it's worthy of seeing at least once. So. I'm going to give it a be kind rewind. You know, you can see it once. And if it's not for you, uh, you know, it's not going to be a, a, a great tragedy that you don't go back and rewatch 1990s uh, Dick Tracy. But if you want to see something that's just an all out love letter to matte paintings mm. and, uh, you know, mm-hmm. the, the old school craft of, of filmmaking, check it out. Yeah. Well, I, I would say... Um... That I I guess I kind of fall somewhere in between because for me like I'm I'm glad I watched it uh, I'm I'm grateful that you suggested it Rory because I don't know how else I would have you know I don't know that this ever would have been something that I would have watched on my own um, but at the same time I don't know that I'm ever gonna seek it out again like I I don't think I'm ever gonna you know, see it pop up on on like Netflix or HBO Max or whatever, and be like, "Oh yeah, let's let's go ahead and turn that one back on." So I guess I I guess I technically I give it an eject and reject, but I totally agree with your sentiment of like if you've never seen it before, at, like if somebody came up to me and they were like, "Oh, I've never seen that. Is it any good?" I'd be like, "Oh yeah, it's it's good." You know, it's it's not particularly deep. There's there's other probably better stuff that you could watch, but you're you're not gonna be mad if you if you spend an hour and forty six minutes or however long it is watching this movie. Um, you might. 
unless you <laughs> unless you are colorblind and you grew up with horror movies yeah if you have that specific set of criteria then uh then you're listening to the right podcast <laughs> um we also like to recommend uh, or or um you know sometimes we give recommendations for for what else to watch josh normally you kind of skied out of this one but because of your um your reaction to this movie i gotta ask like what what were you dreaming of watching instead of dick tracy i honestly would have just have been rather watching sin city yeah uh because i i, I mean again i don't I don't really know a lot of movies in this genre, but I think of that movie, and I, it's another graphic novel. It comes from like still art. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's graphic very, novel by by Frank Miller. Yeah, it's much more violent and much more grotesque. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a very different uh, movie. It's very different, but I feel like it still deals with a lot of the same themes that these kind of like these kind of stories deal with. Um, you know, in that kind of like noir setting. Mm. And I feel like those care. The the only reason I'm saying this is because those characters in those movies are a lot more like sussed out and three dimensional. Oh, as opposed to like, as opposed to here where it's just like, everybody's there to be their caricature Mm -hmm. and to get to the end of the movie. Yeah. Uh, So I don't know, just watch it for that reason. But I, I, I mean, just for nostalgia's sake, I know I'll never be able to get to that place with this kind of movie and this uh, type of genre. So my my selection of recommendations is just going to be very different. Yeah. What about you, Rory? Do you have anything you would recommend people watch in, instead of this? Go directly to the source material, which is Tim Burton's Batman <laughs> instead of this. <laughs> yeah. If, if you haven't already. Uh, you know, because that is it's so clearly the, the kind of 10,000 pound gorilla in the room that, uh, you know, uh, making this movie, they were just trying to uh, overcome the huge breakout success of mm. of 89 Batman and how that redefined uh, the comic book film genre and uh, the superhero uh, genre at, at the same time. So uh, if, if you're looking for, you know, the, the sort of key that unlocks this nostalgia portal, uh, you know, throughout the... <laughs> 80s and 90s and you know it leads up to where we are now uh go check out 89 batman nice all right well that's well that's it folks thank you uh, once again rory for coming for being a guest on tapes 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 do you want to um yeah thank you man you want to you want to give the folks any any plugs or anywhere they should be spending their time or attention uh well i would say this is probably a good season to Stock up on canned soup. Yes. And stay warm, stay cozy, stay together, and stay safe. That is so wholesome. Well said. Thank you, That's Rory. Good, good, good fall, uh, <laughs> good fall marching orders. <laughs> yes. Well, thank you. Thank you again for that. Thanks for being a guest. We will have to have you back um, for for another flick. Um, and thank you all for listening out there in in podcast land. Uh, tapes, tapes, tapes is uh, edited, and all the music is done by yours truly, Evan William Crockett. 
Our artwork is done by Kersey Barrett-Torme. You can follow her on Instagram at MadeByCursey. Kersey is spelled K-E-R-S-E-Y. And Josh, do you want to tell them all the other things that they can do to support the wonderful podcast? If you So if you like listening to this podcast, you can support us directly because Evan and I and uh, the, just Evan and I, uh, you know, we do all the... <laughs> All the legwork for putting this podcast together. Uh, so if you feel that you would want to be part of that and help us on our journey, uh, you can find us on Patreon. We have uh, a site set up there where uh, any contributions will go towards the creation of the podcast um, so we can keep guests coming on and keep going every week. And also you can get cool things like stickers and shout outs and uh little neat little nifty gifty treats yeah (laughs) that's good i'm gonna try to eventually we'll get a t-shirt that says ha (laughs) no other context oh god (laughs) actually serious snack would be a good oh serious snacks There, I played the music just just for. But just like a, uh, I would wear a shirt that made me a snack. Ooh, I would definitely wear a serious snack shirt. And you can tell us what we what else we should make because yeah, I think for now it's just stickers. So um, if there's demand for it, we we will make we will make whatever you need. All right, Josh, you want to sing them out? Oh, when the ponies come back into town, they say it's a gray day. <laughs> It's a long day. <laughs> tapes, tapes, tapes is the show that we watch on the ponies. I'm trying to do like a western. Yeah, that was cute. Like, I don't know detective stuff from back in the day. I just went to western. <laughs> that was really cute. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next week. Bye. 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 Thanks. Bye.